0: super bowl 56 this sunday will it be rams will it be Bengals? we'll snoop in the gang get so fi so high they just say fuck it at halftime and head out for chicken and waffles i know my choice this is the push off Welcome everybody to a new episode of the Push Shop Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for Super Bowl Sunday. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always,
1: it's... Dan, how did they forget about Dre Wright? (laughs) That's
0: right, Dan. Uh, We're here, it's Super Bowl Sunday, this is the episode leading up to the the big game, Um, but We got hit with so much news this week that uh, this episode won't just be about Super Bowl 56 and the Bengals and the Rams. Oh, no, we've got a full show.
1: I am so fucking excited because I I realized now that the Pro Bowl is over, we are fully engaged. It is fully Super Bowl. That's all that's happening. It's happening this coming Sunday. I'm fucking jazzed. Storylines abound, and it's the Andrew Whitworth Bowl. It's exciting. (laughs) It's like I'm fucking, I'm, oh God, I couldn't be more excited for the Super Bowl unless a cowboy was in it somehow.
0: Yeah. Which um, Chido
1: Beauzier, technically, former cowboy, loved him.
0: I, I, what I'll do, I'll save the Super Bowl for the end of the show. We'll, we'll, we'll study through that as our last thing. But uh, first, let's go through the news. Um, as the episode dropped last week, uh, it, it made obvious that a certain... Uh, number 12 Tom Brady is not only a listener But he's, he's finally hanging it up Because uh, uh, our whole uh, Running gag on this show Is that news breaks As soon as as soon as the episode's <laughs> up and, and it should happen last week That we uh, are able to get the episode out A little bit earlier Because there's no Monday Night Football anymore We we're, we're, were jazzed to talk about the championship weekend So we get it out And there were those rumors and those hints That Tom Brady was going to hang it up we figured we had a few more days. We had a week of a little waffle back and forth and who knows kind of thing. So we decided to hold off on it. Tom decided to wait until the next morning and goes, oh, you know, he's, he looked at his uh, Nokia. I'm going to say he has a Nokia <laughs> cell phone and, and it and made the chime. So, it's do, 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 do. Yeah, and He's like, oh, the new podcast for Push Up Podcast is out. This is a good time to announce my retirement. Because he knows uh, the joke. He's in on the joke. He's he in knows. on the joke. He's been listening and he's in on it. So he's like, here we go. Uh, here's my Instagram post. It's It's been great. Thank you very much, Tampa Bay. I love you, Buccaneers. I'm done. Tom Brady, um, 22 years, Brady, I, hangs it up.
1: I mean, we're at the point now where we could talk about Brady for an hour. We could talk about him for... You know, 30 minutes, we could talk about all the dudes done. Seven rings, multiple MVPs, brought two different franchises a Super Bowl victory, which had never been done before, ever. Uh, No quarterback has ever gotten two teams a Super Bowl win, never. Kurt Warner got two to the Super Bowl, but this is different. Um, He's the greatest quarterback of all time, both statistically and by any metrics you want. Um, the dude's just in a different place in the echelon. Like I thought for a long time, no one was ever going to replace Jerry Rice as like the goat, but Mm -hmm. Tom Brady has like separated himself from Jerry Rice so significantly as to make it weird. Like now he's so much better than Jerry Rice. Uh, and, and that was really over the past, like five or six years, they talk about Tom Brady's career being three independent hall of fame caliber careers, right? And it's yeah. true. It's I mean, seven rings over the course of that many years. It's insane. Um, you know, he's a Michigan man. We we must never forget that. Uh, <laughs> go, go blue. It's uh, clearly the the fundamentals of who he was. Uh, a special shout out to Drew Henson. That would have right. been they that would have been extra. That yeah. offense around both of those guys. Let's not forget. That's, that's true. Yeah. They special shout out to Drew Henson. Uh, I mean, that's what Tom Brady did. Tom Brady was a guy that you know worked his way up. Was never the fucking wow. anointed guy. Even when he was the rising hot quarterback, there was always Peyton Manning. And he has always found a way to surpass those dudes. Some of it's natural athletic ability. Some of it is the ability to process football information at a lightning speed. But clearly a lot of it is just kind of insane work ethic. Like Mm -hmm. Jordan-esque work ethic. Um, Yeah, Tom Brady is the greatest. And I don't know... I mean, there's no one currently playing that will match him. I mean, unless Joe Burrow decides to rip off the next 10, there is nobody that we can really look to that's currently in the NFL that's even like a challenge to Tom Brady's excellence. So maybe it's going to be another generation. You know, he's the Joe Montana of this generation and and left Joe Montana in the dust. So... Congratulations, that's great, 22 years, and uh, God, I'm so fucking glad he's gone too. Yeah, it's the it's our episode leading into the Super Bowl, yet here we are still talking about Tom Brady. He
0: figures out a way, he figures out a way and he gets you, but you landed on most of it. 22 years playing this game, that's nuts. 10 Super Bowl appearances, which, so 22 years, that means there's a handful of players that are fans of this game that do not understand the game without him no nope. that's nuts. Yeah. uh seven super bowl wins five times he was super bowl mvp in those uh three times nfl mvp but you know if you play for 22 years that's not a very good ratio <laughs> uh 15 pro bowls which is six time all pro he holds the record obviously all time for passing yards for touchdowns and for wins and even last year, just last year, was the Leeds League passing leader. Like, yeah, yeah at 44, 45 years old. Ludicrous. Um, so uh, officially in the Hall of Fame, Class 2027. Oh, Tom Brady, welcome. You're already in. Uh, that's how that works. Just uh, counts as this year. Okay, count it down. Five years. There you go. Um, the Jets, I love that tweeted, uh, like, this better be real. You know, everybody's kind of doing it too, like, that's the thing, you know, there's no... I'm not denying Tom Brady's excellence. It's just a matter of, can that be enough? Can it let somebody else's time in the sun now, please?
1: I mean, it really what, is, you know... Yeah. now that Now that Brady is gone, there has to be a new crop. There just has to be. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make sense for there not to be. Um. I, I don't know. Like I said, we are kind of having... The AFC is still that breeding ground of top-flight quarterbacks. You've got Burrow, you've got Allen, you've got Mahomes, which might be better than just having Manning and Brady. You know, which is what it was for so long that we kind of just assumed. You know, every once in a while, Roethlisberger snuck up in there, but nobody held him in the same breath. You know, nobody really regarded him that same way. Um, I I think this is going to be good for football. It was good to have sustained excellence. Uh, You know. I'm glad the Patriots didn't immediately start another dynasty with uh, with Belichick. But, uh, yeah, the greatest quarterback of all time was teamed with the greatest coach of all time. And wouldn't you know it, they won six Super Bowls together. Strange. What a coinkydink. Well, and so you bring up that, and uh, that's something that I think needs to be said here is
0: Brady didn't so much go out of his way to thank the Patriots, to thank Belichick and Kraft and them. Like, there was a... He, he let out his little uh, retirement thing on Instagram and then it was more or less, here's Robert Kraft writing something uh, praising Brady and then Brady, you know, quoting that back on social media saying, thank you Patriots fans, you guys are a class act. And then Belichick writing something and then Brady responding to that. Like it didn't seem like he wanted to be the first to tout those
1: guys. Well, he did it already. You know, if you remember when he left. Yeah, he did. When he left them, he said his goodbyes. You know, it's, like, think about it this way. If you, my dad's actually a great example. He worked for British Airways for years, retired from British Airways, and then went to go work for another company, went for Aer Lingus, another airline. (laughs) When he retires from Aer Lingus, should he thank British Airways? (laughs) Well, no, it's a very different situation, but I agree. You know, you put enough time in with another, you know, if he had been like, hey, I'm going to go be a Patriot and then I'm going to go be a Buccaneer and then he hadn't won a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, he could just be like, hey, thanks Buccaneers fans, but man, Patriots fans, I'm coming home, baby. Instead, he now has two fan bases, two groups of people that bought a fuck ton of his jerseys and will have them forever. That's true. So he said his goodbyes to New England. It's kind of just a redux, but uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it was a smart way to handle it and just focus on, hey, I'm leaving as a Buccaneer, but I am Tom Brady. I I am beyond all teams.
0: It's unfortunate it got spoiled What a couple of days before he wanted to do it or whenever he actually did want to do it, but here it is now. It is before the payday that was on the fourth still, which is weird. I didn't hear if they figured out a way just to be like, you know what, it's on this day, it's on this day, who cares, here's his money. Well, he or-
1: technically would have forfeited it, He he would have forfeited it. So maybe he does. He forfeits fifteen million dollars. It doesn't seem right. I know Tom Brady's doing all
0: right, but God dang.
1: Yeah, I mean, also immediately you know he's getting sponsorship offers and you know people wanting him on their desks for pregame and you know halftime shows. So And,
0: and I'm still calling that there's no reason why some team in the running who has an injury late or God, if we're still talking COVID issues, you know, and they go down and, you know, Tom, Tom Brady is just the, uh, the off the street COVID quarterback next week, next year. You know, he's like, can't get COVID. Just don't get sick anymore. It's all of these, uh, these massages and test oils and stuff that I have put into my body.
1: (laughs) I am, I am mostly oil at this point.
0: (laughs) It just slicks right off. Uh, but anyways, for now, Tom Brady is done. No more in in this league. That's wild. So entirely different league. Now now we talk about ATB after Tom Brady. Um, And uh, let's lead on to talk about the head coaching hires. As we record this, we pretty much know where all of the head coaching uh, empty seats have been filled. And we're going to catch up on the most recent ones.
1: We did have Uh, a couple false flags uh, yeah. most notably Byron left, which was a false flag.
0: Uh, yeah, which w- I don't think I ended up saying he was going to get the the job, but I did tell like Pat. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know our buddy. I was like, hey, here we go, Brian Leftwood. In fact, he got a bunch of uh, uh, j- Jersey sales blowing up in Jacksonville yep. before just because of the news.
1: People were sure of it. They were absolutely sure of it. And uh, Jim Harbaugh getting a lot of love. Uh, With your Minnesota Vikings. So there were a lot of guys that were absolutely going to be the head coach, and then, nope, sorry, not going to happening.
0: That's right. And so, yeah, let's start there with the Vikings one. Um, There was like a good half a week there of Jim Harbaugh's coming, Jim Harbaugh's coming news. Uh, It got a lot of the Vikings fan base kind of riled up. I I think I was one of them at one point. There was times where I was like, I like Jim Harbaugh here because of – his track record, like the guy is a winner when it comes to just win-loss record.
1: And in the pros and at college. Yeah,
0: he's done it on both sides, and that's not something a lot of head coaches can tout. Isn't it
1: Urban Meyer?
0: uh, (laughs) And it comes down, so I think the rumors that I heard due to when Harbaugh was flown in last week, I think Wednesday, is that Harbaugh thought the same, that he was on the side of like, you know what? This is my job, right, because I'm Jim Harbaugh and I've had all the success. And to his credit, I think a lot of uh, Vikings fans and a lot of other people probably thought that too, news organizations and things. But turned out the Vikings organization ownership and brand new GM, whether they were on the same page, I'm, I'm hoping they were, as, as the reports are saying. But they thought Harbaugh was in for another interview. Harbaugh was assuming this was a done deal. And I think when you come in with that type of um, confidence, it might overshoot you here. And then they're more interested in the guy who took it a little bit more seriously. So they're they're moving on to Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator, instead of Harbaugh.
1: Former Jets. I want to say San Diego State. Yep, San Diego State Aztec.
0: You're right. Um, drafted by the Patriots. Yep, to back up Brady, who was retired. Now he's a head coach in the same week as the Brady retired. Jesus. Um, but yeah, this is another guy off of the coaching tree that is going to be coaching the Super Bowl this week. You know, yeah. Um, Sean McVay's coaching tree, though pretty new, has uh bared the fruit already. You've got um Zach Taylor, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, just after two years, is that three years. Three years yeah. as head coach he's now got the Bengals in the in the uh, super bowl too so i'm hoping that this is a, a continuing thing for my vikings I, I the way i look at it is uh if you would have came to me and said like look here's your options for the vikings next head coach it's the young offensive minded court you know quarterback pr- you know, previous quarterback offensive coordinator guy uh from that area who's supposed to be very good at coming up with the new offenses that get the things going or the, the tried and true head coach of the past who, you know, runs people a little thin sometimes, but gets results. Yeah. It'd be a tossing thing. I'd be okay with both. And so I'm at least getting one of them here. As long as Kevin O'Connell doesn't change his mind after the Super Bowl. (laughs) pull me a, uh, Mike McDaniels? Was that who did it? No, not Mike McDaniels. Josh uh, Josh McDaniels. We got two McDaniel head coaches. It's going to get confusing.
1: <laughs> I, I did find it pretty funny that, like, <laughs> we always talk about everything's relationships. After dating who you dated with Zimmer for so long, mm-hmm. clearly Harbaugh is your type.
0: Harbaugh would have been. Yeah, Harbaugh's not your type exactly Zimmer, but he would have been close to it. A little he's too close older, to it.
1: bit of a spitfire, all that sort of shit. And instead, yeah. you're going with that new thing, going with that right. young thing. Trying to, It's a bit of a palate cleanser from Zimmer. It's a young offensive mind. Hell, he, he's got some players on his team that are probably about his same age. <laughs> uh, and Zimmer had guys on his team that were the same age as his grandchildren. So, you know, it's a very
0: different situation. It's it's exciting to see the Vikings go a completely different way. And I think they did with the, with the GM hire, to Adolfo Menza. So yeah. here we go. Let's see uh you alluded to the jaguars let's move on with them instead of byron left which who removed himself from the head coaching uh carousel there in jacksonville i believe when they wouldn't get rid of trent balky as gm (laughs) so the rumor is said doug peterson doug peterson gets the job um this was one we talked about when the head coaching uh carousel began i'll just keep calling it that yeah, um, I think the head coach in carousel, I think that's from the old NCAA EA Sports game. Uh, anyways, uh, as the carousel began, we talked about Doug Peterson. He took a year off. He is a Super Bowl-winning head coach. And uh, now he's back, and he's going to coach the Jacksonville Jaguars with the same GM. That's the one thing. That did not change. And um, a lot of rumors about, like, the uh, how the interviews went down there but here we are it's not a bad head coaching hire in my eyes i think doug peterson is one of those that was considered yeah. going to get a job here so he gets it in jacksonville
1: i mean he's a super bowl winning head coach you know there's there's certain things where you're like can we get that guy can we get that fucking guy back yeah the super bowl winning head we, coach and within this last yeah not like a decade ago now yeah, yeah. This is this isn't like, you know, the corpse of Dick Vermeil being like, "Oh, I'll <laughs> yeah, get him out there." <laughs> it's like, "No, this is a guy that, you know, had an had an issue with uh with his GM, with Howie Roseman and and decided that it's probably time for us to separate. Clearly, he was right about Carson Wentz. Uh mm-hmm. that's some things we're we're starting to see. So, you know, if you're saying, "Hey, listen, look at what I had did with Carson Wentz and look at what he's doing without me." And, hey, do you think I might be able to help your young signal caller? Because I'm an ex-quarterback. I played behind Brett Favre, and I wasn't nearly as talented as Brett Favre. But right. I am a good quarterback. I know the Andy Reid shit. This Doug Peterson hire, weirdly enough, I don't know why I didn't think about it. It's like, wow, what a fuck? It's like a weird slam dunk. It kind of felt like the Jaguars fucked this up and not getting left which, but then they backed their way into maybe the best head coaching hire of the offseason. season, Perhaps. In a guy with a huge resume a chip on his shoulder, and an eye for developing young quarterbacks. It's incredibly smart. I think Jacksonville didn't fuck this up. We'll see about Trent Baalke, but they didn't fuck up their head coach position. What's
0: weird is they interviewed him initially right after Christmas. Like, December 28th was their first interview, and then it was just done. So I don't know if Doug Peterson really blew them away or if they're like, great, Let's interview everybody else now. <laughs> and they're like, all right, I guess Doug's still here. <laughs> he was it. just hanging out in Jacksonville. He was like, I Let's go. Um, so yeah, Closing Jaguars. out bars here. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm excited, too. I hope he has success there in Jacksonville. Um, the other hirings we got this week... The Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, that was the one I was saying there. Mike McDaniel, who was the 49ers offensive coordinator, he's getting the job for Dolphins head coach.
1: I mean, this is. It's also funny that they are replacing Brian Flores with the whitest man I've ever seen.
0: So you say uh, that, but technically, apparently, he, he is in minority, or so he views himself minority. Oh, because he's a hipster? No. Well, no, he's got. He's mixed mix racial, What? I'm saying that right. Look up Mike McDaniel, and
1: yeah, I, I swear to God I read it somewhere. Sure. I mean, his nationality is listed as American, but the fucking guy was born in Colorado and went to Yale. <laughs> I I don't think we're going to categorize this person as a minority, are you? I mean, he also presents super white. So, yeah. you know, there's certain thing they... If you look white, no one knows you're not white, and you are white, and everything you do is white. You know, looks like a duck, quacks like a duck. It's probably a fucking duck. This is just the whitest guy. And when you see his interviews, he he feels like a Wicker Park hipster. So I'm going to I'm going to paint him with that brush. I, I want to see what he considers. Don't don't tell me he says I'm one thirty second Cherokee, because that's no, the worst thing he could possibly say.
0: He I, I was unique as born. I was unique in this world because I was multiracial, but even within my own family, I was distinct. I was just like a unicorn. I'm trying to find it. He was apparently his father is black. Yeah, his father is of black descent, whereas his mother's ethnic background is not mentioned anywhere. Okay, like of black descent. So I don't know.
1: I mean, I don't know how, but he says he is.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's, it's
1: the whitest looking dude I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and then no, there's, that's, yeah, there's also Wentworth Miller, who is the guy from Prison Break, uh, who is biracial and is just the whitest looking person in the world. So maybe I'm wrong, but canon looks alone. You on looks alone. But it's
0: it. What's funny is that with it happening here during this Brian Flores week too, which we'll get to next.
1: it's, yeah. it's
0: just ugh, that it's you know in Miami and stuff too, like. I feel like that's why the news coming out of him saying that, well, he is multi multi multi-racial. I am.
1: I am (laughs) fucking shocked. I am honestly fucking shocked. Uh,
0: that Mike. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know much about Mike McDaniel
1: as a coach.
0: I think I mean, he, he was getting some exciting stuff happening with the Niners. I think he figured out a way to use Debo Samuel pretty impressively. Uh, Like the Vikings hire with Kevin O'Connell, though, was Mike McDaniel a play-calling head coach? Because it was more, it was uh, Shanahan, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, he, so McDaniel had been hired by Shanahan, the older Shanahan, um, when he was the head coach of the Washington, I, I guess when he was the head coach of the Washington Redskins, not the Washington Commanders, that they didn't exist back then. That's right. Um. But McDaniel has been working for Kyle for a number of years. This is—I want to say—this is his first year as the offensive coordinator. But previously, he was the running game coordinator. Oh, uh, okay. Which, in fairness, they've had a really good fucking running game. Uh, you know, talk to Raheem Mostert. If this is your coordinator, that's pretty fucking solid. Um. Yeah. So we'll see
0: what happens with him. Uh. The other ones is oh the Houston Texans—they're bringing back Lovie Smith. Uh. Head coach. He was the Bears head coach and then wasn't he defensive coordinator in Houston for a number of
1: years? Uh he came he was being promoted from Houston. So um he was on the staff. This is a oh, weird okay. one because this is the second one with the Dennis Allen that it's yeah. the defense coordinator getting promoted to head coach. I do want to say however that this is a fucking bad decision. This is you don't a like the bad... Lovey
0: Smith as head coach. Oh
1: my god, no, Lovey Smith. So here's the here's the crazy thing. Dennis Allen's defense in New Orleans was pretty good. Was pretty good. Lovey Smith's defense in the Texans was the 31st-ranked defense. He's going from being the 31st-ranked defense to the head coach of the same football team? Yeah. That seems a little tone-deaf to me, don't don't you think? That seems like you don't exactly have the, the pulse of your fucking team. Now, I know that he's, depending on what Mike McDaniel is, what he is espousing himself to be, I know that this is the only black hire of this coaching cycle, but this (laughs) is the wrong one. This is the wrong one. This is like Lovey Smith was around, and they're like, oh, shit, we're fucked. Nobody, No black person's been hired in the NFL. What can we do? And they go, ah, fuck, we'll get Lovey. Lovey, come Mm -hmm. here. He goes, yeah, okay, I'll do it. So... I just, I think this is a bad decision. I don't think Lovey Smith should be a head coach in the NFL right now, especially after what he did with their defense last year, which is fucking nothing. He's a solid defensive coordinator traditionally, but he got kicked out. I mean, actually, you could make the point that Lovey Smith is a casualty of all the shit we've been talking about with the double standard for white and black coaches, because when he left the Buccaneers, he had a two year contract, and they kicked him out just to keep their fucking uh, dirt cutter their offensive coordinator and basically said, Oh, well we'll get rid of Lovey and keep Dirk Cutter. So <clears throat> Yeah, this is a fucking wild one, man, but I just I don't think Lovey's the right choice. Hopefully he proves me wrong though. Well and I don't remember his name
0: being one of the ones Houston was excited about until they started losing out on all those guys. And then it was you know it, like I texted you f- a little bit before it there was all that talk it was going to be our I'll call him our boy, Josh McCown. Josh yeah? McCown uh, after retiring from uh, you know playing playoff football as uh, starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles maybe two seasons ago. Wasn't that all that had happened, like just yeah. recently? Yeah. He could be head coach for the Houston Texans. Um, yeah, and then all of a sudden Josh McCown is out, and Lovey Smith, you're right, the only African-American hire of all of these teams that had one open. The Saints brought up Dennis Allen as their defensive coordinator, and Texans go, oh, we can just do that, and the guy's already black. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. I hope Lovey Smith isn't just another sacrificial lamb to the fire here, as Houston is making their way through a mess down there uh, as an organization. Because, oh boy, it just keeps getting worse down there. But we'll see what happens. Um, these are the and the new NFL head coaches, Eric Bieniemy. Not one.
1: Is there something behind that? I mean, Eric Bieniemy the only explanation i can have for eric bienemy not getting even like a quality interview like we haven't even heard about eric bienemy being in like the top 2 consideration right his fucking feet must stink jesus like he <laughs> must walk into a room and you're like what the fuck is going on like because the resume is so good the resume is so good what the fuck is happening that somebody's not giving eric bienemy a real look yeah that's that's the thing that's baffling to me
0: we're going to use that to segue into this Brian Flores lawsuit. Oh, boy, because this opened up a whole oh, yeah. lot of NFL stuff this week. Brian Flores is suing the NFL, and it's a class action. Others could join. I would assume others believe they have a case to join, and that's what they're they're digging out here. So Brian Flores, who was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins and then was considered a coach option in many other places uh, – that were open this year it seemed like he could have gone right back to another head coaching position you know he turned the dolphins around after a dismal start this year and almost got into the playoffs uh it was kind of a surprise when he was fired here we are now he's suing the nfl due to what he believes are sham interviews that he's had to just uh what's the word i'm looking for to appease the, yeah, rooney, the rooney rule, rule. And the Rooney Rule, Dan. You've explained it many times on this podcast. I feel like we talk about it always at this time of year. Go ahead.
1: You have to interview a minority candidate, um, and it has now been extended to uh, basically any C-suite, any executive level position. You have to interview a minority candidate. You have to do it. Otherwise, you get docked and fined money and draft picks if you don't uh, if you don't go along with the rule. Now it's the unfortunate thing is it's a very easy rule to enforce because you go, hey, did you schedule it with any black dudes? And they're like, nah, no. Anybody of any different race than straight up white dude? Uh, no. Okay, great. Well, you're gonna lose a fourth round pick. Oh, uh, uh, we interviewed Lovey Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay, well then you're good to go. Um, so it's it hasn't it hasn't really helped. That's the weird thing. It hasn't really helped. People are kind of doing this to satisfy the rule. That might be something Eric Biennium... That might be a subtext story. Eric Biennium might not be True. taking these interviews because he thinks he's just... You know, it's a token interview. Um, and so Brian Flores is specifically targeting the NFL with, to a degree, tokenism in these interviews that they're not real. He's just being requested because he's a black coach with a resume. Um, and yeah. it seems like he's got a good point. It's a... Yeah, you're right. It's such
0: a silly rule if you just read it out loud. Like, well, what's stopping somebody from just, like, interviewing somebody and, and behind it having no faith that they would ever hire the person? And then you go, hmm, shrug and go nothing. It's a really a, almost a good faith rule to that extent. Uh, has any team been fined or pulled away draft picks yet? Has that uh, ever happened? They happen? have. They have. They have oh, lost. Okay.
1: Yeah. So it's only happened twice, I want to say. Okay. Um, but the Rudy Rule has only had two individual punishments. Uh, the Detroit Lions, uh, two thousand three, they got a fine of two hundred thousand dollars, which isn't really that. I mean, that's I not a lot. So. Not but they, a... but they fired Marty Morningwig and then immediately hired Steve Mariucci. Which, in fairness, that's not a bad hire at the time. Mariucci was still considered a really good head coach, and they they said, hey, we'll pay the fine because we want Steve Mariucci. Okay. So, to a degree, I, I almost kind of applaud the Lions there for being they like, found- listen, we're, we're not going to do a sham interview. Just fine us. We're getting Steve Mariucci. That's what we're doing. Because I totally understand that shit, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that shit of like, no, that's our guy. We want that fucking guy. Um, you know, if you're hiring a, a coordinator, an defense, offensive defensive coordinator, a young guy, yeah, you should go through. You should interview more people. You should give uh, minorities a chance at it. But um, every once in a while, you have like if Doug Peterson was the only guy you interviewed and you fell in love with him, I totally get that too. Right. Um, that being said, teams didn't—they <sighs> don't want to take that
0: punishment, so they find their ways around it. Specifically, here with Brian Flores, uh, he says there was a sham interview in 2019 when he was interviewing for the Broncos, where Elway and the Broncos front office guys there showed up about an hour late. Disheveled, seemed like they, yeah, weren't. They didn't have a real interview planned for them. Yeah. Uh, I guess that that's the first one he talks about. And then his other instance is this year when he shares text with Bill Belichick himself, stating, "Hey, sounds like the Giants are going to give you the job. Congratulations!" And uh, he's like, "Great, yeah, I, I really want it, but uh, I haven't interviewed for it yet." Bill, what are you talking about? Turns out Belichick is. You know he's a little bit on the older side. What is he, 60, <laughs> 70, whatever?
1: I want to say seventy.
0: He he texted the wrong Brian. He looked down on his phone there. He, he got the the wrong one on his Nokia. And um, sixty nine. Uh, nice, sixty nine. Nice. He uh texted yeah texted the wrong Brian, congratulating him for it before Brian Flores was even going to interview. So that that doesn't look good either. Uh, and that looks like maybe that's why Brian Flores decided here's my chance at taking on the nfl it doesn't end with the rooting rule he come is coming out and saying that the owner of the miami dolphins steven ross offered to pay him one hundred thousand dollars for every loss he suffered during the 2019 season to get better draft picks dan we had a podcast during that time we absolutely believed the dolphins were tanking it on purpose right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely This proves that you really can't do it because coaches, players, things like that won't bow to that most of the time. But when you trade away Minka Fitzpatrick and a lot of other really good players for you know future draft picks, it's pretty obvious you're not looking to win now. You're looking for something in the future.
1: The GM can, because he's got a guaranteed contract. The GM can Cleveland can major league Cleveland Indians this thing. There you go. He could do that. The head coach is like, I'm here for W's. The players that are on non-guaranteed contracts are like, oh, I'm playing full out. I'm going to try to win these motherfuckers. And then they went ahead and did just that. And the, to, to, say that, to say that the Dolphins were... He mentions that it was so they could draft Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was not the guy in the beginning of the season. Right. that was not Joe Burrow that was supposed to be Tua if you remember it was tank for Tua yeah, and then Tua. Joe Burrow puts together the greatest season and the Dolphins in college got football history Tua. yeah and they did so to a degree that's also one of the reasons why you don't tank is because you never know what's fucking happening you never know who's gonna come out who's gonna stay in you never know you just gotta do the best you can I also it wouldn't surprise me that the Dolphins did that because the Dolphins have been so middle of the road for so long they're like just fucking crater the ship and let's let's pick up from the wreckage. Whatever you have, you've got a three-year contract. We're not going to fire you after this one. Go nuts. Lose as much as you can. Yeah. Um. It would not shock me. Steven Ross also seems like a piece of shit. Uh, most owners seem like pieces of shit anyway. So this doesn't shock me. I really hope Brian Flores has receipts. That'd be fantastic. Doesn't doesn't shock you, but shouldn't it be a big issue
0: to the NFL and to the, oh, it's huge. Yeah, competitive competition whatever board yeah whoever they got there to make sure this shit doesn't happen you can't let this stuff go it's there was it is kind
1: of big it's kind of big but we know that this happens in the nba and so they instituted a draft lottery the draft lottery is not because oh we want to make things more excited the draft lottery was to disincentivize tanking right that's all it was for the NFL has not had to disincentivize tanking because it's disincentivized by non-guaranteed contracts. Right. Non-guaranteed contracts means, well, why the fuck would I lose to get a high draft pick? And also, if I'm the quarterback and they're going to draft another quarterback, I want to I keep my job. I don't want to do that shit. Yeah. Um, so it's it doesn't shock me that the ownership would do this because they're looking to get a marquee name. But after that, like anything other than getting a marquee name, it doesn't make any sense. It is otherwise disincentivized ross might have just been saying i want to get another marino um but yeah that is that is not in keeping with the spirit of the game and if they find out this is true the miami dolphins should lose a lot of fucking draft picks
0: yeah yeah that would be big news um hugh jackson tried to come out say it was happening in cleveland (laughs) i think it was yeah more just that's just what happens in cleveland hugh and then um
1: and also, also, Hugh, so you're telling me you took the money? Is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> yeah, you were fucking like, awful.
0: Oh, hey, yeah, I did that for a year. I mean, they wanted me to do that for a year. Ah, uh, shucks. Um, Ross, there was also talk that uh, the Dolphins owner wanted Flores to meet a certain free agent QB on a yacht. just uh, It would have been tampering uh, mm-hmm. when that free agent QB was looking to play for a certain, you know, a new team in Florida per per chance, you know, get out of the cold area of the upper Northeast. Could have been anybody. Um, We'll see what comes of these things. Uh, Like I said, I think other coaches are joining Flores with it. It has been a few days though, and it hasn't blown up as much, I think as Flores maybe would want, but it's still early stages.
1: So anything could happen. I... I think the worst thing that happened to Brian Flores was Hugh Jackson being like, yep. Like, no, 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 no. You get away from me, Hugh Jackson. Yeah. You man who had three years when he should have been fired after the first one. You went 1-15 and 15, and then you went 0-16 and, and you somehow kept your fucking job. And then we got to see them in hard knocks where Hugh Jackson looked wildly incompetent. Yes. And we were just kind of waiting for him to get fired. And then when it happened, he's like, I was never given an opportunity. It's like, you had three fucking years <laughs> and you had Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield. You had draft picks. You had fucking everything, dude. You had everything. You're a shithead coach. He's going to get fired by grambling. Like, <laughs> this guy's fucking <laughs> bad. He's bad at his job. Hugh Jackson sucks. And you don't want Hugh Jackson anywhere near this shit. You want to talk to Lovey Smith because Lovey Smith got Dirk Cuttered out of tampa bay you yeah. want to talk to all that you want to talk to david cully those are the guys you want to talk to leave hugh jackson out in the fucking street where he belongs i bet yeah
0: how, how long you have uh tony dungy and he's probably got some stories from back in the 90s i'm
1: um, tony dungy got fired for fucking john gruden
0: right you know That's like, yeah. after yeah so we'll see um moving on the denver broncos are for sale Uh, The Denver Broncos will be the new football team up for purchase. So, Dan, if you want to scrunch together some money, we can see what we can scrape together. The Denver Broncos NFL franchise. (sighs) I just don't understand football, Marge. Um, But isn't there a talk that uh, Peyton Manning and some others, like as a joint venture, is trying to get it?
1: Well, it's like, it's like a lot of these things. It's an ownership group with a masthead, right. and it could be Peyton Manning is the masthead. Um, you know, Ursa is not selling the Colts, and Peyton's got a lot of Papa Johns out there. <laughs> so I can, I can totally see him buying an ownership share in the Broncos. I think that'd be good. I think that'd be good for the NFL. Um, I think it'd be good for the league. I think it'd be good for Denver. Um, the Bolin family is basically, this has broken their family apart. Um, I think the only worry that the NFL would have is if Arch Manning comes out and all of a sudden the NFL, like, upper executives are, like, getting their own fucking kids or their own fucking nephews to play for them. Right. So, but that's down the road. Who knows? You know, they won't, nobody's going to be tanking for Arch Manning in four or five years, so.
0: Yeah. The NFL already has plenty of, uh nepotism nepotism (laughs) going on there that yeah what's a little bit more um yeah we'll see we'll see what happens there and then uh also we have the washington commanders and their uh, inception this week uh into it we knew it was going to be the commanders we talked about it last week a little bit but we get a look at their uniforms and their logos and how everybody's reacted to it um what do you think dan
1: Well, I think I'm ready to move on to the next uh, section of the show. Uh, I love, my favorite thing is that they're like, the Washington Commander's new nickname, The Commies. And I was like, fucking yes. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you for fucking up a slam dunk, Washington. Uh, What a shit organization. Yeah, bright red uniforms. They look like it's McDonald's colors, which they've always been, but the ratio's all fucked up now. Uh, Yeah, this is a fucking terrible organization. It's a terrible name. It's... It's completely innocuous, like it doesn't mean fucking anything. And then they're like the people's team. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no one, no one even likes you. Your own players don't like you. No one like Dan Snyder needs to be forced out of this team. You know what they should do? Oh, yes. The NFL should do this. They should be like, listen, we would have hired more black people, but Dan Snyder is the reason why we didn't and we're gonna get rid of him <laughs> and just lay this shit all on his feet. Easy, just a sacrificial lamb right there. Throw it on Dan Snyder. Be like, he was sexually harassing everybody. Uh, he's a super racist fucking asshole. Get him out of here. And I'd be fine with it. I'd be fine with it. Just let me let me ignore all the rest of the shit and blame everything on Dan Snyder. I'm ready to go because he should not own a football team. God, yeah. he sucks.
0: <laughs> no, I'm 100% behind you on that, on the Dan Snyder <laughs> stuff. And, yeah, this is, this is the commander stuff. This is what they came up with after two years of a football Ugh. team. And many, many years before that of, well, you know you have to change Redskins, right? Like, it was fine in the 70s, but dear God. So here we are. Uh, I'm glad at least they didn't stick with football team. Uh, There's still a lot of people that are saying that that was fine. Listen, commanders will grow on you as football
1: team did, but it
0: was dumb. It was dumb.
1: Well, Um, it's it's just not – it'd be one thing if, like, two other teams were like, hey, by the way, we're also going to be – the football team you know because that's how it is like they're barcelona F- fc like there's I, football clubs there's but football the clubs only so- one
0: yeah that's true there's football clubs things like that for soccer the football team thing leaning into soccer isn't what bothers me what bothers me is that instead of coming up with just a different type of real logo that every nfl team has had in the past snyder and them i think it was almost on purpose be like well then we'll just be the football team we can't be our redskins very racist name we'll just be the football team so everyone remember like why are they called the football team oh because they were the redskins now i have to explain this to you you know so that's what i'm thinking so now that it's commanders at least you put that behind though you know give it 15 years and they can pull the redskins thing out as a uh, throwback
1: I mean, you know they will. You know yeah. they're gonna be like, oh, we gotta, we get two helmets, right?
0: Quick though, to the two helmet thing that they, this is the first team that we get to see with the second shell. This is something I'm very excited about for the new year. Washington has this black helmet now with their black for black sake uniform. Um, that is, uh, yeah, a, a new shell helmet because their other one is going to be a matte maroon color. Uh, it looks a lot like University of Minnesota, that helmet does. Yeah, it does. Uh, the, the black uniform, a lot of people saying that looks like Steelers. Uh, I don't like the road uniform because it loses all of the yellow from their uniform. And yeah. I also am very much already missing the yellow face masks. That stood out so much on the original Washington uh, uniforms, and I don't like that they did away with it. But again, we'll see if this grows on me like uh,
1: some of the other newer ones have. I don't know. <laughs> it's the black for black sake that does bother me where it's like the only teams that like really should be able to wear black are the Raiders because they've been that way, hmm. the Ravens because that's what a fucking color a raven is, and the Jaguars. Like because they're fucking black. They're black animals. Like even the Steelers. You should be fucking gray or you could soot color. I don't give a shit. When you say Charcoal? Jaguars, are you
0: are you thinking Panthers? Jaguars are spotted black, but Panthers are, they, are the full black.
1: Are yeah, Panthers animal. full? Oh fine. Fuck throw the Panthers in there.
0: shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the Jaguars
1: are full black too.
0: Um Yep. Yeah. And then yeah, so that's the Washington Commanders. That's what's going on there. We'll we'll see. Hey, it's a new team. It's a new logo. It's a it's a reason to buy Madden twenty three. It's true. <laughs> it's oh, you're reason.
1: right. I I don't know what color Jaguars are, apparently. That's all right. I, I just looked uh, it up.
0: Um, do you want to talk anything about the Pro Bowl that happened this week?
1: Uh yeah, I have a really you know, we've talked about our better idea for the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Um, Dance Guy one. And it's way fucking better. Um Yeah, man. I just I don't understand why why it's still doing this. Like why are we still doing it? they even took away like tackling, like no tackling. Mm-hmm. Like, just take the fucking pads off, man. We've been moving towards this for a long time. The, the skills challenge is fun. The skills challenge, I'm glad they brought it back. It is fun. It's just, hey, let's get some athletes that normally kick the shit out of each other and watch them have a good time for, like, two hours. I'm fine with that. Really reduce the risk of injury, getting guys jumping into, you know, fucking pads. Like, that's what you should be doing. This Pro Bowl is fucking awful, and I, I can't keep watching it. So I didn't. I just turned it off after the first quarter because it was awful.
0: I was about the same, too. I I turned on. I was, like, watching. They're, they're switching up quarterbacks every drive. But then sometimes this quarterback throws one pass that gets intercepted, and then nobody's really tackling the guy. And you're like, wait, where are they down? You know what? This is just hurting my head. You can't you can't play football like that at, at half speed. It's no. just not possible. So I turned it off, too. Watched a movie. I moved on with my day. Um, Alvin Kamara got in some trouble uh, There in Vegas He was arrested For a battery Put a guy in the hospital And apparently there's video On this as well So we'll see what type of punishment He gets
1: for this but I'm assuming There's going to be a good half year suspension I mean If you put a guy in the hospital That's bad fucking news man That is bad fucking news So I just don't I just don't understand why Alvin Kamara would do this. I this is a guy that still has a lot of money left on his contract. If you're the Saints and you want to void a fucking contract, this is the way to do it. Right. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara is still a weapon in the league, but he's got a lot of money owed to him, and this is a really, really easy way to get out from underneath it. So That's an, another hit to the Saints, too. Talk about a team that's
0: just lost everything in the last two seasons. You sound devastated. Oh God, I, I'm, I'm playing this violin, but it's so so small. I'm losing it. I'm just dropping it. A, yeah, I lost. It. It's like a contact lens. Uh, <laughs> no, Alvin Kamara is is an awesome talent. So it sucks that uh, he can't be a good human being with that great talent of his, and just yeah, play around. But from what I heard or heard, I, I read the police report, little write up thing that said it was like an elevator thing, and this guy walked up and started talking to a group of guys and then tried to get on the elevator, and some guy shoves him, and he put, shoves the hand off, and then they kick his ass until he breaks his, like, orbital. orbital. Yeah, and all this shit. So it doesn't sound good, and it doesn't sound worth it, whatever it was. So just another stupid thing. But, hey, who's done anything smart in Las Vegas? It's not a place... I mean- for smart
1: decisions. No, man. It's fucking stupid to have a football team there with a bunch of really wealthy men under 30. That's right. Really wealthy aggro dudes under 30. And then I know, let's have a celebratory event in the middle of it. Let's have Where the Where they don't have bowl. to
0: be focused. The, the season that they were focused on for six months straight, like t- talking uh, training camp and everything else, like, stressed their bodies and kept everything and and you know and maybe they got out and party a little bit i mean these guys are young guys but they still sure. this was finally their 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 release point of i'm in the off season now
1: and they were they got a free trip to vegas yeah i mean this shit didn't happen in hawaii that's all i'm saying <laughs> well, hawaii hawaii was, a, was a yeah. chill ass atmosphere everybody's cool you know, if you killed somebody, you just threw him in the ocean because it was <laughs> they right just there. In the ocean. Just Scare go in the ocean. in
0: the desert. There's no water.
1: Yeah, and you got to drive out to the desert, and then you're you're a single uh, set of headlights uh, set against the cascading blackness. That's mm. not what you want. That's I mean, that's a dead giveaway. Yeah, come it's, on, I mean, it's
0: bad news every time. Every time.
1: You know, you just roll them over one of the cliffs in Hawaii. There you go. You got a there dead go. body crushed against the rocks. Good to go. Easy body disposal. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if this had happened in Hawaii, this guy would have been murdered and he'd be in the sea and we never have to worry about it and we can go back to enjoying football. Hands clean of it all. <laughs> um, all right,
0: well, let's let's go on to the Super Bowl. We, we want to do some awards and stuff later too. So I want to first, let's talk about Super Bowl 56. Super Bowl LVI. Dan, did you come up with any type of name for this one? Is there any slogan one that we've had like in the uh, past?
1: Yeah, I'm actually going to add a letter. Okay. I'm gonna add two letters. Super Bowl <laughs> La Vida. <sighs>
0: Super Bowl La Vida. Super Bowl the life. The the life that you live, which is you know, you live for these games, the biggest ones, the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Super Bam. Bowl La Vida. Uh LA Rams versus Cincinnati Bengals. This happens Sunday, February thirteenth, five thirty PM. It's on NBC. NBC gets the uh, game here, so that means we got Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, right? Watching it, Oh, I don't
1: know. <laughs> we got to <laughs> well.
0: Get ready for that slide in to start it. Yeah, um,
1: not, not excited about that, but it is what it I is.
0: I like Al Michaels. NBC does all right job. It means there's going to be a lot of Mike Tirico to get you started there in the pregame that'll probably start at like two o'clock. But I, I suppose, uh, and you know, uh,
1: ESPN will have something themselves that I can watch until then. I. I think this is going to be a good game. I I really really hope that the Rams' defensive line doesn't make this into a mockery, mm-hmm. because I th- I think it has potential to do that. Um, the The one I will say this: the one thing that Bengals have been really good at all season is being like, "Hey, our offensive line kind of sucks dick. Yeah, um, we're just going to throw screen passes," <laughs> because uh, somebody made a great point that. When you're playing the Cincinnati Bengals, you don't have a good read on screens because you're just used to getting past their guys anyway. <laughs> so when they let you do it, you're like, oh, shit, I didn't notice a difference. Oh, there he uh, is. And then all of a sudden it's a fucking wild screen to Samaj P. Ryan or Joe Mixon. Um, it is very difficult to win a Super Bowl with a bad, bad, bad offensive line. But that is what Cincinnati has. They have a lot of weapons. They have a lot of weapons. They have a really good quarterback. But so do the Rams. And what the Rams don't have is an ass offensive line hmm. going up against an, a really good defensive line. There's a good defensive line in Cincinnati, but it's not an ass offensive line going up against it. So I I feel bad because the Rams have already won one in their history. Matt Stafford hasn't won one, but the Rams already have. I would love to see Cincinnati win this. It just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like they're here, man. It just feels like they need, you know, they still got some money left in the cap. Go strengthen this offensive line. Try this shit again. You very much could be the king of the AFC North next year, even with the Ravens making improvements. I just, I just can't see it this year.
0: It is, and if you think about the Super Bowl last year, and that was the Achilles' heel was a Chiefs banged-up offensive line. Uh, to that credit, it was one that got injured like right before the Super Bowl, and a bunch yeah. of like fill-ins had to do it, and that wasn't the success. Here we're not talking about a bunch of fill-ins for the Bengals offensive line. We're talking about they and it's patchwork from the beginning. They knew what they had to deal yeah. with and they just kind of dealt with it from the beginning. And they still beat a lot of good teams, beat a lot of teams with a lot of good pass rush. Um, you know, no, they haven't played Aaron Donald yet, and he is a beast of himself, but he they've played a lot of other really good you know, Jeffrey Simmons uh beat you know, beat the Titans. Yeah. They figured out ways around that front. Um sack and nine I, times in that game. That's right. Sack nine times but one. So I yeah, I think it is gonna be a long day for Joe Burrow. And I think it's gotta be for the Bengals to win it, it's gonna almost be a Joe Burrow MVP performance. It almost has to be. If the Rams win it, then it could be a lot of different people that could M V P it. Uh Aaron Donald, uh Jalen Ramsey has a big interception at some point. You know, things like that could happen whereas yeah Cincinnati I think it's Joe so I'm looking at that back and forth I think the Bengals do figure out good ways to get around it to throw that ball out quickly like you said screens slants you know uh see the man to man and and toss it up kind of thing then on the other side Mahomes dropped back and was so confused with the Bengals defense so many times in that game in the second half when they when they decided to drop back and and uh, play a lot more just defense and only rush like three to four guys. Uh, that only worked though because the Chiefs didn't run the ball. The Rams are going to focus on running it. They're going to feed mm-hmm. Acres. They're going to feed uh, who's there, M- Sony Michelle. Yep. And then play action. That's how the Rams do it. In my head, I see I see the mistakes going to be on the Rams side I think Stafford's gonna throw a ball into a Bengals player once or twice here it's whether or not they catch it um I think I have more faith on though two very good kickers and special teams on the Bengals and McPherson than I do Gay and the Rams right now so and then also I see a very good Rams team but a red hot Bengals team and the only thing that maybe cooled them down is that there was a, a bye week before the Super Bowl. Like, shoot, that might have hurt the Bengals more than just <laughs> I think playing it probably did. the last week because they were all the way through. So I, I don't know. I think I am – the way I'm thinking, and I've gone back and forth this week, I don't think it's going to be a blowout one way or the other, but I'm thinking what we're saying is I might be picking different than you in the Super Bowl.
1: Wait, where are you going?
0: Uh, my prediction, I'll just give you it now. I'm gonna say Rams 24, Bengals 26. Bengals wow. win it. It's gonna be a McPherson field goal under two minutes left to win it.
1: Wow, that is a that is a that is a bold statement, sir. Yep. I hope you are correct. <laughs> I would love to see Joe Burrow. I would love to see Jamar Chase. I would love to see two of our elite prospects uh, walk away with a Super Bowl. However, I think this game is going to wind up being closer to 30-10 L.A. Wow. I think it's going to be bad. I think Joe Rams, Burrow is going to get fucked up. Rams have a four-and-a-half point
0: spread, I think, right now. So mm-hmm. you think they cover that easily? I think they cover it easily. Wow, okay. Um, what else we got on this game? It's The Bengals are coming into this one having no primetime games all this season outside of Thursday Night Football. And, uh, so they had to film all of their, uh, in intros this week, leading into it for the, <laughs> you know, cause Sunday night football, they never had them. So, you know, the Rams were, all those were already done. Um, I, I believe this is a matchup of two of, you know, we talked about the Washington Commodores and their intro in there. Two of the best helmets the NFL has to offer. True, Cincinnati Bengals is a classic, iconic look with the stripes. I mean, that's always going to be one of the best ones. And then I've you know the Rams use their full helmets too. I love the the new color on that blue; it, it really pops. I, I think the Rams have done a good job of changing theirs around. I'm glad even the uniform matchup that we have here. The the Bengals get their home, so they're going to be the black top, white pants. The Rams are look. going not with the uh, bone color uniforms on the white; they're going with their white uniforms with the yellow sleeves, like kind of a callback to the '70s Rams and yellow pants. So. It's
1: gonna look good. It's gonna look good on the field. It is. It's gonna be a nice contrast. And yeah, I I love the Rams helmets because they're literally just ram horns. Right. Fuck yeah. That's that's what you're supposed to do. Like if you're if you're a thing that has a fuck if somebody was the Dragons, I'd want them to have a giant fucking horn right here or whatever it was or (laughs) unicorn. Those are the kind of look good. I
0: I like the Viking horns. I like the eagle wings. I like those type of helmets. Uh, So that's neat to see those, you know, leading us into. What could be the best helmet season we'll ever see in 2022? Of the 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 pullback of that uh, shell rule, can't wait. <laughs> um, talked a little bit about the halftime show. It's going to be Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar.
1: I love that the NFL would be like. I don't know what Brian Flores is talking about. Look at our <laughs> halftime show. <laughs> ah, do they just Come on. Come on. We're not racist. We never forgot about Dre.
0: We we are all about hip hop from 20 years ago, 30, 30 years ago.
1: <laughs> my my nickname is Roger Goodio Double Jizzle. That's what my <laughs> nickname is. Uh, I don't know where you're getting this idea, Brian. It's, it's cockamamie, I'll tell you that much. Uh yeah, I mean this these are stars, right? These are fucking however you feel about rap, Dr. Dre is a star. Snoop Dogg is a fucking star. Eminem is a fucking star. This is a star studded event. This is what this is supposed to be. You know, it's either Bruno Mars tore it up, had a great show, Beyonce tore it up, had a great show. Maroon Five sucked a thousand dicks. They were awful. (laughs) Because they're not stars. Maroon Five is not stars. They're a fucking band. Give me stars. Hmm. This is what I want. So I think this is going to be a good one. I hope they they put it together. There was some controversy because, you know, Rock Nation, Jay-Z, put this shit together, and they asked for over 500 volunteer dancers. Yeah. Which is like, fuck, you're not getting paid for this, Jay-Z? Oh, you are? Okay, well, maybe give it some to your fucking dancers. 500 volunteer dancers? I mean, shit, I'll volunteer, but you ain't going to like what you get. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which they did. They ended up paying him, I think. But it took like outrage online to get it happen.
0: Yeah, that's silly. Um, I have a uh, here's an early crazy stat on the Super Bowl, Dan. This is the second time ever two first overall quarterbacks have met. Can you name the first?
1: Second time, two number one overalls. Number one overalls. Quarterback versus quarterback,
0: starting their teams in the Super Bowl.
1: I'm going to say Jim Plunkett was involved. Nope. No. Much much more recent. Much more recent. Mm -hmm. Interesting.
0: I don't know, sir. Super Bowl 50. Really? Peyton Manning. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Fuck. So obvious. it was such a, a span between those guys, whereas Stafford and Burrow, well, was it maybe about as close between st- the the span between Stafford and Burrow, the span between Manning and Newton?
1: No, no, no. It's, Manning it's was much, much more old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. much
0: wider. Um, okay, well, what else about the Super Bowl? I mean, it is a home uh, game for LA, but. LA almost needs this to build a fan base. So the NFL is almost like, this is lucky for us. I think they're not worried about this being not uh, an, an even playing field. It's not a college. I mean, they don't even do the college games in the Super no. Bowl anymore. It It's in these brand new multimillion dollar stadiums because they have to give something back when these, you know, taxpayers pay for them.
1: Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think there's only one way the Rams build a fan base, and it is winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but also, what does that fan base even mean in L. A. You know, the, it's not a hardcore fan base. It's not nobody's taking the fucking hook. It's just, you know, the next passing thing. If the Chargers get hot, it'll be the Chargers. Uh, nobody gives a fuck about the Rams. I mean,
0: I the the lakers have a a base there of people that like to go to lakers games and stuff like that but that took like a uh, yeah it took like a decade of winning and stuff so i yeah i this will be good i guess for la to kind of get one there but i think it also really hurt when you move two teams in there at the same time it just you're, you're setting them up to fail in that aspect or at least one of them Sorry, Chargers. It looks like it's going to be you. Yeah, poor Chargers. <laughs> um, well, uh, we, we will talk and go all through the Super Bowl uh, next week. That will be our uh, pretty much breakdown that we have uh, other than other news that will break between now and the Super Bowl. But uh, if anything, we'll probably be recording like on another Monday night or Sunday, you know, whenever we can get a, a reaction down for the Super Bowl. So check that out. But I think that's what we have to cover leading into it. I'm excited for it. I think uh, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, you know, you got some – there's a lot of talent on that field, and it's going to be fun to watch it run around.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm rooting actively against Odo Beckham Jr. I'm rooting <laughs> actively for Von Miller and Aaron Donald. I'm rooting actively for the Rams to embarrass Jared Goff. So I'm really conflicted, and then I'm I'm not rooting against anybody on the Bengals. There's literally nobody on the Bengals I'm rooting against. I want Cheeto Bayouzier to get a Super Bowl. I want Joe Burrow to get one. I want Jamar Chase to get one. I want Sam Hubbard to get one. I want everybody to get one, man, on the Bengals. So I'm rooting Bengals, but I'm thinking it's Rams, and that it makes me makes me feel bad. But you know, maybe Matt Stafford will break down and have a nice blubbery cry, and I can I can feast off that for a little while. That'd be nice.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd like to see my future head coach light it up there, that uh, Kevin O'Connell here in his offense. Uh, so then that way it feel good for the Rams to win, but it feel good for all of those lifelong Bengals fans that haven't seen anything like this, and for them to get that, I'd like to see them win. It, it doesn't hurt me as a Vikings fan to see another bad team get it because I think it just you know puts the the spotlight even more on them. Will be like, well then when's it our turn? Right, let's get going on it. Um but at the same time, I yeah I don't have much against e- any of these players too much, and I think of like Matt Stafford and how great it'd be for him after a decade toiling in Detroit to finally come out of there and get something, you know, and, and how good that'd feel for him, you know. Plenty of Rams fans that even if you were a fan of the Rams when they were super good in the seventies, it's been a while, and this is nice. And and yeah, you had the Todd Gurley year, but obviously this is a very different team. Oh, yeah. But you got a shot here. So, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to be upset unless it's a blowout one way and you know, I'm bored by halftime. Give me a good game and that's all I really want here. I don't really care who wins. It's exciting. Um, all right, moving on, Dan. I think we want to end with the the push off Podcast uh, picks for uh, awards. Before oh, yes, we, please. Before we wrap it up, we're going to do some awards. Um, I just did – like the big ones, um, so if you've got extras, throw them out there. But uh, we'll just run through these before we say uh, uh, goodbye before the Super Bowl uh, because the NFL honors, that's this week too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so here's our own honors. This is the push off Podcast honors, and these count. <laughs> uh, MVP, Dan, who are you giving the MVP
1: to? I am giving the MVP. I don't think this is going to happen, but I'm mm-hmm. giving the MVP to Jonathan Taylor. Oh, Jonathan Taylor getting MVP. Jonathan Taylor was the only reason why the Colts weren't fucking embarrassing mm-hmm. all year. Look at what Jonathan Taylor was able to move that Colts team to do. with And then look at what fucking Carson Wentz did when they had to put the ball in his hands. Aaron Rodgers, yes, he's always a great choice. But to me, the most valuable player in the NFL was Jonathan Taylor. He took the Colts to the brink of the playoffs. Without him, they would have been a 3-14 and team. Yeah. No, that's true. He certainly MVP probably for
0: that team. Uh, he, the defense was very good too. The defense uh, carried him in a lot of ways as well. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor was awesome there. Um, my MVP, I already told you, it's Cooper cup. My MVP is Cooper cup. Uh, the stats, you know, he, he got the, the receiving triple crown, uh, yards, receptions and touchdowns. He could take over drives. He took over games. Um, you know was he the reason why rams won games though i don't know about that that's a good point to maybe say mvp goes to the guy who's like the reason the team is even there but the the rams you know if you're going to go to the super bowl you need at least more than one reason but cooper cup was the biggest and he's my mvp um where do you want to go next dan i'll let you choose the next award
1: uh let's choose offensive player of the year perfect I'm giving it right back to Jonathan Taylor, unfortunately, he's my <laughs> offensive player of the year. This was going to be um this is going to be fucking King Henry, but yeah, he's still over a thousand yards for the year, uh, just missing half of it uh but Jonathan Taylor was the offensive player of the year i I think it's a slam dunk. I actually think this is the way it's gonna go um yeah. I'd be shocked if he wasn't named offensive player of the year.
0: That's the thing I a hundred percent have of it too. I have Jonathan Taylor's offensive player of the year. What bothers me is if Jonathan Taylor gets Offensive Player of the Year and they go their MVP route, like they're saying with Rodgers, then what does Cooper Cup get? Nothing? Like I don't like that. So in my mind, I like this. Give Cooper Cup MVP, give Jonathan Taylor Offensive Player of the Year. I'm with you there. Defensive Player of the Year. Dan, who do you have? You know
1: (laughs) (laughs) who I'm going to select. Yes, I do. You know who I'm going to select. It, I think. Listen, yeah, it's Micah Parsons, and I will give you some non Homerish reasons why it is Micah Parsons and not T.J. Watt. Mm. Number one, T.J. Watt missed several games over the course of this season, yeah. and really, if it wasn't for that Browns game where he had four sacks in Week 17 when the Browns didn't give a fuck. We wouldn't be talking about him having the sack record. He got them in bunches. He got him against the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, and he got him against the Browns without Baker Mayfield. True, but if you get the sack record, you're gonna get them in bunches. You have to. <laughs> sure, but Micah Parsons, on the other hand, steady all year, got himself some pass deflections. Was leading the league, leading the team in tackles multiple games per year. T.J. Watt never had more than ten tackles in a game, never. Yeah. Never, this entire season. Sure, he had a lot of sacks, he was doing pressure, but he did one thing. T.J. Watt gave you pressure. Micah Parsons gave you everything. That's the difference for me. Is what is the If you're going pass rusher of the year, T.J. Watt. Not going to argue with you. But it's defensive player of the year, and Micah Parsons was the most dynamic defensive player on any team all this year. You've got an argument. I went the other side, T.J. Watt,
0: because, to segue defensive rookie of the year just made sense that i then i gave it to micah parsons and and i think yeah if you are that outstanding of a rookie then there is no reason you can't get them both you can't get the player as well but in this aspect i get to spread around some more awards stan you keep doubling down these awards and these people coming home, you know, with both their arms full. I'm just yeah. spreading the wealth a little bit, but obviously, your defensive rookie of the year is Parsons as well. Oh,
1: I yeah, I mean, who the <laughs> fuck else was it going to be? I mean, <laughs> honestly, what is it, Patrick Sertan? Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> right. Not uh, uh, there
0: happen. is a, yeah, that's far and away that's the easiest one. Um, offensive rookie of the year is also pretty easy. I think it's Jamar Chase.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's an argument to be made about Mac Jones, but I I would say this. The argument against Mac Jones versus Jamar Chase is summed up by this. Mac Jones threw the ball 3 times against <laughs> Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. A division yep. fucking rival. Jamar Chase set the very new uh, you know, most receiving yards by a rookie. that broke it last year and he broke it in 16 games. Yeah. So that's yeah. a legit record. Um, yeah, I think it's Jamar Chase. I mean, you can make the argument about Mac Jones, but I also thought that Ezekiel Elliott deserved it over Dak Prescott when Dak Prescott won it. Um, I thought that was actually Zeke's rookie of the year award, but I'm going to give it to Jamar Chase, and I, I'd be furious if Mac Jones wins it. Yeah,
0: that's that's why, and that's why we have this podcast. We can give these awards where we see fit, and yep. it is it's Jamar Chase that should get that one. Um, Coach of the Year, Dan. Who do you have for Coach of the Year? I'm going to give Coach of the Year surprisingly to
1: Matt Lafleur of the Packers. You know, yeah. Go ahead. I have the same. You you do really? I do. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I so. There's a couple names. You know, Bill Belichick obviously got this team back to where he was supposed to, but um, that's Bill Belichick. I mean, of Red. course, he's, it's like voting for Jordan for MVP. It's kind of boring after a while. <laughs> Matt LaFleur had a a Packers team that was in disarray mm-hmm. and very easily could have fallen off the edge of the cliff after that week one loss. Heck, but,
0: before that, you have yeah. a quarterback that didn't want to even come in and play. Yeah.
1: Doesn't want to be there. Doesn't want to talk to you. Uh none of that shit. So yeah. Matt Matt LaFleur did a great job of getting this defense much improved, getting this offense, you know, in line with Aaron Rodgers, gave Aaron Rodgers the opportunity to be yet another uh, MVP candidate, you know, didn't stand in his way. There was nothing petty about it. Great coaching for Matt LaFleur for the Green Bay Packers.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, he, he did a lot with not a lot there. I mean, once again, it was that story of like, it's Aaron Rodgers and what? And then they still had the best record in the league after the season ended. So that's the stuff that you look at for Coach of the Year, I think. Um, who did the most with all of the stuff that still got in their way? Bill Belichick's um, not even my number two. My number two is Mike Vrabel. Yeah, so Vrabel was going to be mine through most of the season, and then it was like, well, looking back at it, I think Lafleur did better. Lafleur did yep. better with the stuff that he was given. Like, you know, is with the COVID stuff in the middle of the year, he had to deal with, like, all of that, and Lafleur got through it. So that was pretty good for him, so I got that. And then, finally, the only other award I put down was Comeback Player of the Year. I'm going to surprise you. Okay,
1: you go ahead, go first. I'm going to put it as Joe Burrow. Oh, no, I have Joe Burrow, too. Well, so... I, I felt conflicted about this because Joe Burrow clearly had a major injury, came back, but he's it's in his second year. Like this is more progressive than it is comeback. True, you know that's the one argument I would make for Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott wins this award, is that that was literally a comeback for Dak? For yes, Joe, for Joe, it was hey I was a rookie, now I'm in my second year and I'm doing great. So it's not really a comeback; it's more of a progression. Whereas the Dak thing is a legit comeback.
0: (laughs) I'm surprised that you didn't go with your guy, Dak, but you went with the correct one, Joe Burrow. So I like, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I got to go
1: with the guy who had a major knee injury and is now in the Super Bowl. I think that's pretty fucking good. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the year he had too. Impressive. So I'm with you. Okay, well, those are our picks for the awards. Did you have any others I wasn't thinking of?
1: Well, I did. I had one, which is uh, assistant coach of the year. Oh, who's your assistant? This was really so that I could just give this award to Dan Quinn so he could have something. (laughs) Yeah, okay. As a guy that brought that Cowboys team from historically bad, historically bad, we didn't add a lot of defensive players between uh, our our last year and our Dan Quinn year, but he managed to get all those same players, most of the exact same players, to be a historically good turnover defense. I give it to Dan Quinn as the assistant coach of the year.
0: Okay, all right. I didn't. I did not give an assistant coach of the year award. It'd be tough here. There's um, also
1: GM of the year.
0: They also what the honors does uh, play of the year and game of the year. They have all that stuff, which I I tried to think of, but I was like, no, that's. I'll leave that
1: to them to
0: scour through all of the. the, the I mean,
1: game of the year is actually really simple now because it's just that last Buffalo fucking. It probably uh, was Buffalo, Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all that is. And if then, we had
0: to pick one in the regular season, then I'd have to look more.
1: Probably yeah, one of those
0: Ravens it. games, but
1: because <laughs> <laughs> that should be the Ravens should get an award for most. And you there should be a most entertaining team award. Wow, well, because that what? would be the fucking Ravens this year.
0: It could have been the Vikings.
1: Could have been. Could have been. We but were we
0: were in a lot of very tight games. If you like those, it's <laughs> entertaining.
1: There should have been most entertaining happy and most entertaining sad. Sad. <laughs> yeah. There you go.
0: Um, all right. Well, let's wrap up the show then because we've got a Super Bowl to watch, everybody. So uh, pregame is probably starting about now. Get on that. Actually, the the week of uh, interviews and stuff like that started. I subscribed to uh, the NFL's YouTube channel and all the interviews were posted up today. So here we go. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Super Bowl kicking off here Sunday evening. Silly enough that we still don't have Monday as a holiday or just move this game to dang Saturday night like everybody wants it. Cincinnati, to their credit, the public schools ha- are going to be closed on Monday the 14th. So give it up. Cincinnati knows how to, how to do it.
1: <laughs> You'll notice L.A. did not do that because they're like, wait, there's a what? Yeah. A Super Bowl? Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Who's in it?
0: <laughs> yeah, we are? Yeah. And the, the kids, uh, well, if they don't go to school, then they just, they'll just they be on the streets. So,
1: <laughs> If if the Cincinnati Bengals win this game, there will never have been more Joes born nine months from now <laughs> than in the city of Cincinnati. Holy shit.
0: And Jamars.
1: Got to be a lot of Jamars. <laughs> uh, they might split the difference and just name all their kids Chase. There you go. Yeah, Chase. Chase, was, Chase is a good name. Uh, all right, li-
0: uh, I got crazy stats. Oh, yes, please. Here we go. Uh, well you got to have some about Tom Brady. Oh. Tom Brady threw 168 touchdowns in his 40s. Uh let's uh balance that to Troy Aikman's 165 for his career. Hall of Fame career. <laughs> for his Hall of Fame career. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Um also Tom Brady outlasted every player drafted in 2000 to 2003 and there's only one player that came into the league in 2004 that is still playing. Sheesh. Punter Andy Lee.
1: Oh, good old Andy, former
0: <laughs> 49er, former Brown. Um and uh, oh yeah, I wrote down Mark Davis's first words when he saw Josh McDaniels was it wasn't a fum- oh, it was a fumble. <laughs> and then finally with Brady out of the league, here's a question for you Dan a little quiz. Who is now the oldest player?
1: The oldest player?
0: That's right. Oldest player in the league now that Brady is retired. I
1: have a, I, somebody's going to surprise me and be like, Sean Landetta still playing. <laughs> um, who the fuck would it be? Uh, is it? Is it Ryan Fitzpatrick?
0: Nope. Uh, though I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is like one of the oldest quarterbacks. But oldest player still playing. Is actually playing this Sunday. Really, it. Whitworth? Whitworth, forty years old.
1: Wow, Andrew Whitworth, good for you.
0: He said it; it's his game. He started as a Bengal, right? And his for most of his career, and then Rams took him over when the Bengals were like, "This guy's too old to stick around." Now we got to get a different left tackle, and he just keeps playing, forty years old. Uh, that's my crazy stats for us heading into Super Bowl what was it Light? What La Vida call? La Vida Super Bowl La Vida Dan do you have any parting words of wisdom
1: this is what it's all for everything you watch all season four is just who is the best team in the NFL who is the champion of the year 2021 the season 2021 there will be if the Bengals win a city that is absolutely on fire with joy and love and happiness like they have never experienced in their whole life and if the Rams win, there will be a city that is on fire with sadness like they haven't experienced in over 30 years. Whatever happens, no one in L.A. will give a shit. But Cincinnati is in live or die. So if, if there is juju, if there is fucking spirit energy, may it be the Bengals' victory. Uh, go Bengals is all I'm saying, even though I picked the Rams. Go Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, well guys thank you so much for listening to
0: another episode of the Push Off Podcast I am Scott and Stan. enjoy Super Bowl La Vida Super Bowl 56 and we will talk about it next time goodbye
1: La Vida Loca